Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest in Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Well, have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And I'm Tony from Good Morning America. And together, we're taking you Inside Disney. Hello. Hello. How are you, Tony? I'm well, Jeffrey. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little bummed. Our closet recording friend Sherry is not with us for the news <laughs> segment know. today. She uh, she is having some plumbing issues in her home. So let us all think positive thoughts and plumbing magic. Big work from home problems today. It yes. has happened to all of us. But later on, you will hear Sherry because we had a chance to chat with Angelina Jolie and Kumail Nanjiani from Eternals. And the tea that was spilled... Angelina's Disneyland story may go down as one of the most jaw-dropping that I've heard on our podcast, Tony. What do you think? I mean, it was the most wonderfully fabulous conversation, and I still can't believe we were able to have that conversation with them. So if you don't stick around, (laughs) you're lost, because it is an incredible, incredible interview coming up. Agree. Agree. And first, happy belated birthday, Tony. Looked like it was very fun. I turned 21. Yeah, again. <laughs> plus X son of plus plus plus. There. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was so great. <laughs> well, while you were celebrating, I was binging. I finally watched and it only took a day, all of Only Murders in the Building. <gasps> oh, you finished it? I finished it. I couldn't, I, for those listening, if you have not watched Only Murders in the Building with Disney legend, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and of course the fabulous Selena Gomez, you are missing out. Definitely watch it on Hulu. So yeah, loved it. I need to return to that one actually. But let's jump into the news. We got a few things to get to. First of all, hopefully people have been enjoying Disney Plus Day week this week with all sorts of fun promotions and goodies. You can of course visit d23.com for the complete list. And tomorrow, Friday, November 12th, a whole bunch of things are premiering. Some of them we're covering in five fantastic things, but I mean, all these titles are making their debut. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Jungle Cruise, Home Sweet Home Alone with our pal Ali Maki, Frozen Fever, Paper Man, one of my favorite, favorite shorts of all time. The Marvel Assembled, the making of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings docu-special. Marvel Studios Legends Hawkeye. The making of Happier Than Ever, the Billie Eilish. I mean, so much, so much. So essentially no one's leaving their house on Friday because there's just too much to watch. Plus tons of announcements and and sneaks coming tomorrow. So you're definitely going to want to follow our friends at Disney Plus to see all of those. And and, uh, D23 will have a complete recap of all the announcements and reveals. So check those out. It's more like 500 fantastic things to watch, which is something I'm not complaining about. But big news, we were able to announce here at GMA last week, Jeffrey, we kicked off the Disney Ultimate Toy Drive with a half a million dollar donation to wow. the Marine Toys for Tots program to provide toys for children. Fun fact, dug this up. Walt Disney and his team of animators actually designed the familiar red Toys for Tots train logo in 1947, which still is in use today. Didn't know that. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. I love that. Yeah. Also. Oh, wait, there's more. Oh, wait, there is more. And I literally actually did this yesterday. It's pretty cool and really easy. Now through December 14th, you can donate a toy online to Toys for Tots through shopdisney.com 
or you can of course drop off a new unwrapped toy at downtown Disney at Disneyland Resort or Disney Springs at Walt Disney World. You can find all the locations and the info at the Disney Parks blog, of course. Wow, very, very cool. Well, our pals at Adventures by Disney just announced their first expedition cruises to the Arctic. Now, anyone who's ever met me knows that I prefer to go on cruises to warmer climates, but (laughs) that said, I may be ready to sign up because on one of the cruises, former Imagineer Joe Rohde is going to be spinning some tales and teaching sketching. That's incentive enough to go on that. Just unbelievable. You can visit adventuresbydisney.com for all the details, but that sounds very, very very cool. Uh, and also in, in breaking parks news, our friends at the parks just announced more of the performers for Candlelight. Every time I get to see it, it's just always so moving and the music is just beautiful, both at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. But at Disney World, uh, now the complete lineup has been announced, including Ali Cravayo, Cheetah Rivera, Jody Benson, Alton White Fitzgerald, Lisa Ling, Andy Garcia, Anna Gosteyer, Courtney B. Vance, Blair Underwood, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Pat Sajak, and more. I like so many, many people and just fantastic. So uh, you can visit our Friends of the Parks blog for more details on that. I love that. Well, next up, Disney has greenlit the family animated comedy, Primos, produced by Disney Television Animation. Each half hour episode is comprised of two 11 minute stories around Mexican American family culture and experiences. This sounds really sweet and really awesome. And I can't wait to get a first look of this coming up soon, hopefully. Oh, that does sound really sweet. Well, if if you want to visit Galaxy's Edge, there is a whole new way to do it when you're at the Disney parks, because from November 21st through January 5th at Downtown Disney, you can actually enjoy a special Quest 2 preview of Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge. You know, obviously Tales from Galaxy's Edge, we've talked about the VR experience before. It's this whole 360 degree view of Galaxy's Edge that you get in Batuu. Very cool. Now, whole new way to do it in Downtown Disney at Disneyland. So check it out and you can get more details from our friends at the Parks blog. Also down at Disneyland and tying into our fabulous interviews today, Cersei, Kingo, and Fastos from Eternals are now at Avengers Campus. So you can go oh. and meet them, which is, a, I would like to meet all three of them. I don't, I don't know about you, Tony. This was also a really cool Disney Parks TikTok that revealed this as well. If you get a chance to go look, this is a really cool thing. And shout out to the Disney Parks TikTok team. They are Amazing. They are always on point and they do, dare I say, the, some of the best TikToks out there. They're giving me some inspiration and that's saying something, but off we go to some sports news. Do, 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 do. There's a new trailer for ESPN's The Man in the Arena, Tom Brady, which will be a 10 part series that chronicles Brady's NFL career, including not one, not two, but 10 Super Bowl appearances. Wow. Ziv. The series debuts Super Bowl. It's that great concert that happens, right? (laughs) I can't respond to that. The series debuts on ESPN Plus November 16th. Wait, oh, Tom Brady. That's Giselle's husband, right? Yes. Okay, sorry. Well, Tony, even though Sherry is not here, you know what it's time for. Well, it's definitely not snack time. I've caught on to that. 
And we're missing the holiday corner this episode. <gasps> so sad. But it's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, courtesy of our friends at D23, the official Disney fan club. For complete details, visit D23.com. And today it's a complete Disney Plus Day edition. All content Ooh. is debuting on Friday, November 12th, including Ciao Alberto, the Pixar short premiere from the world of Luca, which follows Alberto, who is enjoying his new life with Luca away at school. He's trying to impress his mentor, the Massimo, the, the big uh, tattooed one-armed fisherman, a very few words. Um, and it's always, that's a little bit easier said than done. Agree. Excited for that one. Next, get ready for the season one premiere of Entrelazados, which translates to intertwined in English. Uh, this seems like a lovely coming of age story about a teen who finds a mysterious bracelet after an argument with her mom happens and travels back in time also happens and hopefully understands more about her past and her family. Ooh, that sounds really good. Yeah. Also on Disney Plus Day, Marvel Studios 2021 Disney Plus Day special. So it's uh, exploring the Disney Plus series of the MCU past, present, and future. Future. Well, I'm pretty excited for this one. I might be watching this one on repeat, but voiced by the one and only Josh Gad, Olaf Presents also premieres on Disney Plus Day. So I can't wait for that. And if you did not check out our interview with Josh Gad from last week, he was hilarious and fantastic. So feel free after you're done with our eternally marvelous interview today to go listen to Josh. And also last but certainly not least, Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett will be premiering. It's a documentary special celebrating the origins and legacy of the legendary bounty hunter. On to our guests, and I will warn people who have not seen the latest Marvel film, there are some spoilers, so you may want to stop listening right now, go to the movies, see the film, and then come back and listen to the rest of the show. We are eternally fond of this actor who stars as Kingo in the epic new Marvel film, Eternals, and will be appearing on the new Disney Plus Star Wars series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the actor who portrays Thena cast a spell on us in two films as the wickedly wonderful Maleficent and lent her voice to last year's fantastic Disney Plus film, The One and Only Ivan. Please welcome to the show, Kumail Nanjiani and Angelina Jolie. Yay! <laughs> Let's get into it. So Kumail, your Bollywood moves were amazing. What was the rehearsal process like for that scene? I started working with the dance teacher choreographer, her name's Nalika, months before it, because I was terrified. And then the actual rehearsal, you know, so we had a gym in the studio and I walked in and there were 50 South Asian dancers there. And, you know, to go from not having many South Asian people in these movies at all to suddenly over 50 of them in one scene, I got really, um, I got really emotional seeing them all there. It was really, really beautiful. And we all really, you know, bonded. They like bought out a theater and are going to a, uh, a really? meeting this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's really exciting. And so then it was just sort of working with them and they were really, you know, they were excited to be part of the movie, but they also really went out of their way to make me feel comfortable because they're professional dancers and I'm, I'm not. Um, so it, it honestly ended up being a very joyful experience. Hmm. Amazing. Angelina, how were you asked about taking on the role of Fina? And what did you think when you first heard about the character? Well, I didn't know as much about the character. What's interesting about this one is we kind of, I think Kamel and I were some the two early, early ones on. 
but they told us that it would be that the goal of it would be a bit of a, a love letter to humanity was this thought and that it would be the most diverse group of superheroes you've ever seen, not because it's checking a box, because it's the only way the story can be told to accurately represent the world we live in. And so that just felt so right that I wanted to be a part of that family. And then I would slowly learn about my character, but they tell you in pieces as it grows, you don't see a script. You're not sure what weapon you have. Oh, wow. You don't, you don't know a lot going in. So going into that, Kumail, I have to ask, there's this huge climactic scene where the Eternals and the new Celestial Tiamat all link together. And Kingo seems to not be around. So- Yeah, Kingo. Can you explain? Where did he go? I'm not sure what you can tell us, but where was he? He had a movie to wrap, you know? <laughs> the first one trilogy. Actually, I talked to Chloe about that a lot because it is such a non-standard decision for him to make in the context of a superhero movie, right? It's always like the group gets together at the end, they all fight the thing. Mm-hmm. Chloe really wanted him to leave because she felt that his perspective she feels was the only moral one because the movie comes down to two sort of different perspectives right intellectually you understand that perhaps the moral thing to do is to let earth go because then a billion more earths will come right so that's the intellectual way to look at it emotionally it's these people did not choose to be killed they deserve to live they should live and everybody in the movie has one of those two perspectives And she says, Kingo is the one who has both perspectives because he understands intellectually that perhaps the right thing to do is to follow the Celestial's mission. But he says he won't fight his family to do it. So he kind of encompasses both perspectives. So to her, it was very important that he not return. I think a lot of people watched the movie thinking he was going to come back in the final fight, pew, pew, pew. I will say, I completely agree with her, but at the end when like Angie and everybody else is like hanging out at the beach celebrating, it kind of felt like seeing a picture of one of your friends are hanging out without you. <laughs> You're like, oh, you guys went to Hawaii? Nobody told me. <laughs> well, you both have a lot of action scenes. Did you train? Did it come easy? Were there any funny missteps? <laughs> I trained in ballet because I watched the other Marvel films and everybody's just done such an amazing job. And I wanted to try to bring something different to Thena. And so I thought to make her as female, as long and soft and, you know, because as written, she's the strongest fighter. She's the toughest. So I thought to kind of, I countered it. And I tried not to think about that. I tried to think about, I tried to make her as graceful as, as I could, not as strong. Yes, I love my fight scenes and I love that I get every weapon. I feel like the luckiest Marvel fighter that I get to manifest <laughs> everything. We love your fight scenes too, for what it's worth. Thank you. Yeah, I will say it was really wonderful to watch Angie because she obviously had put in a lot of time. I didn't know about the ballet lesson. So you had not taken ballet before preparing for this movie. Mm-mm. I know she worked really, really hard on all the fight scenes. And, you know, there's a couple fight scenes that I'm there for. And people don't understand how difficult it is. She's manifesting weapons. So we don't see those weapons, you know, but she does. And it can look a little, (laughs) it has the potential to look goofy in person, but she was so good that even in person, you could see the swords, even though they weren't there, you know? 
it was really inspiring for me to watch how much of her character she reveals through her physicality, because I think she made the decision that she's not a very verbal character. So, so much of her personality comes out in her body. And the work that she did, each time I watch it, I've seen the movie four times now. <laughs> I'm always sort of blown away by all the work you did. All your silhouettes and stuff are so cool. Oh, thank you. Angelina, have to ask, because we are Disney, who do you think would win in a battle? Would it be Thena or Maleficent? Ooh. <laughs> These are the things we ponder. That's really funny. I think they'd get along really well. <laughs> Good answer. I guess, I guess it's hard. I mean, Maleficent, yeah. You know, the thing is, Thena likes to fight. I'm not sure Maleficent does. Maleficent's kind of looking for peace and Thena's just completely, oh, well, maybe they both are. God, now you've got me like my psychology. I'm in therapy now. Which one am I? <laughs> and what makes them similar is probably the answer to my psychological makeup. <laughs> yeah, impossible. Impossible to think about. Fair enough. Great question, Jeffrey. Wow. I'd like the fans to tell me, actually. You always want to hear from the fans in this one what they would like to see us do or who they'd like to see us come in contact with in the MCU. Now that we're, we're in it, I'm very curious who they want us to. I think Kingo and Thena haven't had enough play because we were saying like one of us is very physical, one of us is very verbal, one of us is very, you know, an extrovert, one of us is a bit of an introvert. We're kind of perfect opposites. I think we would make a really good pairing. And I, I'm so glad <laughs> you said it to Kevin at the after party for yeah. the premiere. You were like, what about the two of us? Yeah, we're, we'd be so good. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. We're, we're pushing. I love it. Well, we touched on this a little bit, but as we all have come to know, there's a lot of secrecy involved in anything Marvel. I kept to ask the both of you, were you able to read the entire script or were there parts in the final film that even surprised the two of you when you saw it? There was a final script, but I don't know if that's just secrets or also all the individual character development that everybody was doing as it was going along. So you would be surprised by your fellow actors or something they added, some choice that was made that just made something more than you'd expect. I mean, I went into it still not sure what the end was going to be. Hmm. I knew what happened to me in the end, but then I was surprised at what happened to some of the other people in the end. I had no idea. I had no idea what happened to the other group in the end until I saw the movie and then I was... <laughs> Well, this is what happens is you guys are flying around space on a spaceship with one direction and the rest of us have been taken captive by the strongest being in the universe. So right. I think I got the better side of that one. I think you did. We're like, oh, we're going to come and rescue. Look at the size of this guy. How do you like sneak up behind him? We had a version of the full script. It kept evolving because as, as Angie said, characters kept developing. I was surprised by your ending. I did not know that you guys shot that thing on the ship at the end. Right. Hmm. And, and I didn't know until about four hours, no, like 12 hours before I shot the ship at the end. And I was trying to figure out who was there and what happened to everybody else. Yeah, which is what your characters are trying to do. Because you shot a thing of you sort of floating in with Arisham, right? Did you shoot uh -uh. that? No, I've never been with Arisham. You never shot that. Yeah. Wow. That's so surprising. So I, I had no idea how it was going to end. Wow. Okay. Well, going back to Maleficent for a sec, Angelina, <laughs> while the character of Maleficent was always a fan favorite, 
you really made her kind of this sympathetic anti-hero. Did you feel that or would you ever return to that character? Um, Maleficent? I love playing mm-hmm. Maleficent. She's mm-hmm. like my alter ego. <laughs> and you know what was quite beautiful about it is because those of us who, you know, I've, I can be a bit dark and edgy in certain things in my life and misunderstood. And so taking a character that's like that and bringing her into the light and allowing her to be other things mm-hmm. and be accepted by for those who watched it and supported it as, as that you can have those kind of people that with that kind of complexity that darkness and also understand that they're capable of, um, I think for all of us underdogs or the, you know, the, we, we kind of, those who live a little bit in the, I always say it's like the kids under the bleachers, you know, we, we sometimes, we, we are capable of a lot more, but sometimes you don't, we don't get that space and we're not allowed that space. And so I feel like we brought her forward. But what was interesting is when I was first playing it, one of the reasons my daughter's in the first movie as the little Aurora is because kids only knew the Maleficent from the animated film. And when I would meet where I was like eight foot tall with my contacts and teeth and everything, I would meet with the little four or five-year-olds. They got so frightened of me. Oh, I mean, really terrified, terrified. Oh, no. I had to like back up and leave the, like there was one I saw and they, I've never seen anybody like frozen, frozen with fear. It was terrible. So, Mm -hmm. so it really was interesting to see that. And then later I would meet little kids and they would hug me and realize it's her. So it was big, it was a big like 180. Oh, that's exactly what you wanted to achieve with that character. Yeah. That they saw that she wasn't all that they thought she was. So yeah, that was good. I don't like terrifying children. <laughs> Good to know. Me, on the other hand, oh, <laughs> I can't get a kick the scream Jay made. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's it's like the you know the good Marvel villains are actually not really you understand where they're coming from. That's why they're so compelling. So it's it, they they become more antiheroes, which I think similar with Maleficent. We did an interview. I was with Kip doing an interview, and somebody asked us, "Is Icarus good or bad?" Mm. And I think it's the same to the complexity of the reason why you left in the end, right? It's very complicated. And to have little kids questioning, well, it's just not that simple, right? Life, you will find that it isn't just good or bad. And that is something to start to think about. Yeah. And the movie really sets up this duality of sort of how traditional superheroes define morality versus how this movie in many ways defines morality. It sort of becomes like duty versus compassion, dogma versus community. I feel like each time I watch the movie, I find like new things and there are no easy answers. Like even if you look at Crow, right? Who's the most like traditionally monstrous. He gives this really beautiful speech. He says, (laughs) you are not saviors, you murderers. You've been killing my kind for centuries. And that's exactly right. That's his perspective. And you kind of feel bad for him. There's another little moment where Karun, who plays my who is my valet played by Harish Patel, who's amazing in the movie. You amazing. He sees the dead deviant and he says, it's a beautiful creature. And mm. to me, that moment is so, it really hits me every time because it's like, it is a beautiful creature. And we've just been killing them for thousands of years. Is that right? Probably not, but otherwise they would kill other people. So it's all complicated. Mm. Well, switching to happier things. <laughs> Camille, there's great photos of you at Avengers Campus. Angelina, I'm pretty sure that you've taken the family to Disneyland a few times. Disneyland faves. What do you guys love about the park? 
I'll say I went recently and Rise of the Resistance is like the best ride ever. Oh, is that the one where you're in the ship? Oh, that's the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. I like that one. This one is like 25 minutes long or something. Like you get taken in the middle and there's a bunch of stormtroopers and kids started crying. And the mom was like, you know, mom was playing along. The kid's mom was playing along. <laughs> I'm sure Finn is on his way. He's going to come rescue oh us. Oh my and God, that's point, great. At some point, she just had to be like, it's just actors and masks. It's nothing. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I now when you have kids and then they grow up, so you they it's nostalgic. It becomes nostalgic, right? We remember the first time they watched certain things when they were very little, and then you kind of come back again, and it so it brings you back to that time where you step out of a certain reality and into a different place where it's fantasy and it's magic and it's fun. But I definitely think there's the the, the memories and the nostalgia do something to you as a family that that's very beautiful. Well, we end every interview with the same question and it, you two cannot go without answering it. We have to ask your favorite Disney memory. Wow. God. Honestly, this is going to be weird. Oh God, I just realized mine. Okay, go ahead. You go first. No, no, no. I'll say mine really quickly. I've seen Sleeping Beauty so many hundreds of times over and over and over and over and really was in love with Maleficent. Oh, <laughs> wow. I didn't ruin her for you. <laughs> no, it was great to see another side. I'm such a fan of that character. So, so I was thrilled. We actually went to, I don't know if you remember this, when Maleficent 2 premiered in London while we were shooting and Emily and I went to see it. Oh. I love that. I love that. Well, then, so if there is another one, you're going to have somehow we're going to have to play. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I have good memories, but I was favorite. <laughs> I was arrested and sent to Disney jail. <gasps> really? <In a> <laughs> oh my goodness. No. Oh my God. Wow. I knew this was going to be a good one. Oh, no. That's amazing. Dare we even ask what you were doing? Is it can we put it on a Disney podcast? I don't know. And I hope this wasn't in the last like <laughs> No, but what's was funny is I felt like I was banned from the park and I didn't really return until I returned as Maleficent and it felt like a very good like evil queen hero return. <laughs> wow, That's very fitting. I was a young teen and I was being disruptive and kind of <laughs> Get warned and did it again and somewhere else and and then it was eventually sent to Disney jail where I was asked not to come back. Oh, oh my gosh! But the way you came back. But then I came back with a vending. <laughs> we'll say, listeners, please never do that. Please. Yeah, never do that. It actually, it's not. Yeah, don't, sorry. Don't do it. I know, and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry to Disney, and I've paid my dues. We definitely think you've more than redeemed yourself for that. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. We really love the movie and um, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you guys. This is oh. so fun. Thanks for joining me in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> you got some good stuff there. I know. All right. Uh, story ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Awesome. Bye. Tony, I feel like I, I, I'm sure that like everyone who interviews them feels this way, but I feel like I would just love to go and hang out at Disneyland with them in 100%. a hundred percent. Totally also, appropriate way. I don't know what to do with all this knowledge we have at the end of this interview.
right? <laughs> Me neither, but I'm loving it. <laughs> Thoroughly. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, use the hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, just check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.